The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. New York Giants versus Atlanta Falcons, a Sunday meeting of a pair of 0-2 football teams, both looking for their first victories of the 2021 NFL season. Ed Valentine of Big Blue View here to uh, help to preview that game for you. Uh, I'm going to be joined today by David Walker of the Falcoholic. David, thank you very, very much for uh, for hopping on as we uh, as we do this for both uh, our audience on youtube and on the valentine's views podcast so uh thank you thank you very much for spending some time yeah absolutely all right so give me the uh the quick synopsis of of the falcons two games into the arthur smith era yeah it's an inconsistent team right now Uh, i think a lot of people thought this offense would uh start the season as the, the bright spot, we knew the defense had issues, uh, but there was some some thought that Dean Pease, veteran defense coordinator, could make this uh, a better unit. Uh, but they've been inconsistent. Uh, some bright spots, they've looked good in spots, but they can't string it together consistently. Yeah, 80, 80 points given up in two games. Is that, uh, you know, 32 to the Eagles, which I think was a, was a big surprise. Mm-hmm. I think the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers dropping 48 on you guys. Um, was probably ugly, but that is the defending Super Bowl champions. So, um, b- but still, eighty points in two games and not a good thing. <laughs> no, and to be fair, fourteen of those points against the Bucks were defensive touchdowns uh, from pick sixes. So, you know that offsets it a little bit. Still doesn't make it much better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Week One against the Eagles was just a really bad matchup and. Partly, you know, week one anomalies that you see in the NFL, like the Saints blowing out the Packers, uh, that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm I'm willing to write off week one. And week two, again, was probably against the deepest, uh, most talented team in the NFL and the defending Super Bowl champs. So uh, it makes sense that you would give up a lot of points when you've got a rebuilding defense. Well, I I know that Giants fans hope that that week one – uh, against the the Eagles was an anomaly because that Eagles team's not supposed to be very good, and if they're good, that's a problem for the Giants. 
Right. Yeah. The the thing is, you know, they're a team that has talent in the trenches, and that's where I think Atlanta right now has uh, suffered the most on both sides of the ball. Uh, they can't generate a pass rush on the defensive side, and the offensive line has had some major issues up the middle. Oh, man. A, a, a team other than the Giants with, with offensive line issues. You hear that, Giants fans? You're not the only team in the NFL with, with, with offensive line woes. You know, the Giants had a uh, an offensive tackle, Jackson Barton, taken off the practice squad and signed to the Indianapolis Colts 53-man roster this week. And, and Giants fans are trying to figure out, you know, wait a minute, our offensive line is so bad. What is going on here that other teams are taking our practice squad players? <laughs> You know, our practice squad offensive linemen. So it's 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 actually comforting to hear that other teams are having offensive line issues and, and, and other kinds of issues. Because I'm sure you get this, you know, from the Atlanta side as well. Fans tend to live in their bubble of, sure, you know, my team is the only team in the world that can't find an offensive line. My team is the only mm-hmm. team in the world that can't generate a pass rush. You know, my team is the only team in the world that ever makes mistakes on draft day. Yeah. You know, so I'm sure you get a lot of that over at the Falcoholic and, and all of that. So it's 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 comforting sometimes to hear struggles of other teams. Yeah, it's it. Some of these are universal truths. If you're if your team is struggling, these types of things tend to bubble to the surface and and fans take notice and they're tired of losing uh, those battles in the you know, at the offensive line and defensive line. I, I think you're right. I think, you know, fans, fans obviously want to win. The players obviously want to win. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. So tell me, let's, let's talk about the Falcons a little bit. Um, tell me about Matt Ryan, you know, two pick sixes the other day, obviously been a, a really good quarterback for a really long time, took Atlanta to a Super Bowl a few years back. He's been a top-tier guy. Um, there was some chatter in the offseason that the Falcons might, you know, with a new head coach, that it might be a good time you know, to make that break and find a new young quarterback and, and, and move on. And, and, and as background, I will say this. After the, I think it was the 2015 season, the Giants – more or less shoved Tom Coughlin out the door after his long run of success. And they brought in Ben McAdoo. They kept the general manager. And, and, and for me, part of me still believes, as much as I love Eli Manning and, and everything he did for the Giants, part of me still believes that the Giants would be farther along in their rebuild, in getting this team back to the winning side of the ledger, if they had just made the clean break at that point, you're bringing in a new head coach, bringing a new quarterback, maybe bringing a new general manager at, at that point in time and, and start again. And, and I don't know, you know how Falcons fans feel about, about the decision to keep Matt Ryan. So I'm curious about that. And I'm curious about what kind of player he still is. Yeah, let me start with the second part because that's uh, that'll influence the the rest of it. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan has a, a okay arm. He's never been 
uh, a guy that's going to sling it, you know, uh, by flicking his wrist and send it 70 yards downfield. Uh, he is a quarterback that needs a decent pocket. He doesn't need a great pocket. He's actually become very good at maneuvering messy pockets over the years. Um, but he's not a guy that's going to get outside the pocket and create with his legs. And he's essentially still that same guy. He's a very smart quarterback. He is, you know, more in that traditional mold, the guy that reads defenses, that uh, can make quick decisions. So he can still be very effective. Um, all of that said, he's 36 years old. And at some point you do wonder, you know, when the arm strength is going to become an issue where he can't challenge downfield. Uh, there are some fans that I think rightfully think that may already be happening. Uh, we saw that sort of with Drew Brees in the same division towards the end of his career. Um, so I think Ryan is still a, a very effective quarterback. I, I don't think he's a guy that's going to take over a game. If you give him the tools, if you give him protection, uh, he can absolutely slice up the defense. Uh, but right now they're not doing that. Now, as for uh, you know the debate within Atlanta, yeah, there are a lot of people who wanted this team to go with Justin Fields uh, you know, to bring back the kid who was at UGA for a short period of time. Um, and I understand that, but uh, my own personal philosophy is that the best way to bring a quarterback into the league uh, is to have talent ready for him. When Matt Ryan came into the league in 2008, he had a solid offensive line. They brought in Michael Turner. Uh, they had Roddy White. Uh, the next year, they brought in Tony Gonzalez, and they surrounded a young quarterback with a, a good offensive line, a good running back, and weapons around him. Uh, and I think too often teams go for that young quarterback and they put him into a situation where he doesn't have an offensive line or he doesn't have weapons to throw to. And I think you can stunt their growth. And we've seen extreme examples of that. You know, you you can look at Sam Darnold just recently with the Jets. Uh, and I go back even further and look at David Carr uh, when he was drafted with Houston. Um, so I understand the desire to get that young quarterback. I, I think this team is not in the place where a young quarterback would be making a big difference because of some of the other issues on the roster. Yeah, that's an interesting philosophy is, is build the roster first, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then find the quarterback or at least build the weapons, build the offensive line. And I, I think the Giants are, are in a, a situation where, where they sort of they they sort of drafted the quarterback first, and I think didn't realize initially just how much work they had to do to build the roster around him. So it's a, so it's a little bit. I I get where you're going. It's a little bit of cart before the horse. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going through that with Joe Burrow. Right. I think the Jets are going through that again with Zach Wilson. You know who they're going to get destroyed, you know, and, and you, you know, we've already seen Joe Burrow miss most of a season with an injury, so yeah, so it, it actually is a good point. Let me let me ask you about, you know, the Atlanta offense in general. Um, you know, first, you know, first is Kyle Pitts in your mind everything that he was built up to be in terms of, you know, the tight end of the future, you know, that sort of really, really special player, you know, is that what you guys are seeing so far? I think we're seeing glimpses of it. Uh, We didn't see it in the first game against the Eagles. Um, This last game against Tampa Bay, he had a little over 70 yards, but uh, what you notice with him is that once the ball is in his hands, uh, you know, a lot of tight ends, 
uh, they get the ball in their hands. They're sort of, I don't want to say possession receivers. You know, the better tight ends can make the yards after catch. Um, but Pitts, his yards after catch ability is ridiculous. Um, he, he took a pass, which was probably, you know, seven, eight yards in the air and turned it into 24 yards just through his sheer athletic ability. He's incredibly explosive uh, and ridiculously fast. So we are seeing some of that. And I, I think it's one of the bigger frustrations is we're, we're seeing that and we're not seeing it enough. Uh, and granted, it's two games. It's a small sample size. I think that's going to get better as the season progresses. But they're lining up hits everywhere. And I think that's the other thing that Falcons fans probably have to take into consideration is he's not lining up just as an inline tight end. They're lining him up in the slot. They're lining him up out wide. Uh, so he, as a, as a player, he has to understand not just tight end routes. He has to understand routes for the uh, you know, X, Y, Z slot. You know, he's he's going to have to learn all of it. And that's a big ask for a rookie. So I think it's going to take some time. But uh, just the initial impressions are that this kid is gifted. And if they can use him properly, he's going to be a matchup nightmare for defenses. And how about the how about the Atlanta offense overall? Is it one that, you know, we talked about Matt Ryan. We've talked about Pitts. Six, game, six points in the first game, maybe an anomaly. But is this an offense that, that you think can uh, – you know, can score a decent amount of points. Yeah, it's going to come down to the offensive line. Um, you know, the, the first two games, the Falcons faced sort of a murderer's row of defensive lines. They faced the number one pass rush from last year, and then they turned around and faced the number two pass rush from last year. Uh, so that is, you know, a very, very difficult way to go when you've got two new starters in the middle of the offensive line, a left guard and center. Um, so, and one of those is a rookie who's never played left guard before. So that's incredibly problematic. Um, so if this offensive line can uh, pr- provide just a little bit more protection, uh, I think we've seen, you know, in the third quarter, they rattled off 15 unanswered against a really good Buccaneers defense. Um, and that is what I think many fans are sort of clinging to is this idea that even against the best defenses, if we have just enough protection in the pocket, they've got weapons like Calvin Ridley, uh, like Pitts, um, and now Cordero Patterson, which sort of came out of nowhere. It's turned into a, a really explosive weapon for him. Um, it, it's going to come down to the offensive line. Protect Ryan, and this offense can really move. Gee, that sounds pretty familiar. Give Daniel Jones a chance and look at what happened the other night against Washington. 29 points that, that, that without a drop, without a an iffy penalty and with a couple of other decisions easily could have been a 40 plus point night for the giants. So um, it's, as we talked about it at the top, offensive line issues are, are not specific to the Falcons. They're not specific to the giants. They're universal with most teams that don't make the playoffs and with some teams who, who are playoff caliber teams, like, you know, when, when is the last time that Russell Wilson in Seattle has not spent most of his time running for his life? Sure. So, so they're pretty much universal. Let me ask you the flip side of the ball, the, the Atlanta defense, as we talked about earlier, 80 points in two games, is is this just a bad defense? Is it is it a young defense? Is it a developing defense? Um, it, you know, what what's your your level of of optimism 
that, that it's going to get better. Uh, it's all of the above. <laughs> right now, they're very bad. Um, but they have a lot of young guys, and it, it's a developing defense. It's a brand-new defensive scheme. You know, They brought in highly respected veteran defense coordinator Dean Pease to come in here and, and change up how things have been done. Uh, since Dan Quinn came in in 2015, the Falcons basically ran a very vanilla, basic cover to cover three defense. And uh, it was incredibly frustrating. And now we've got the defensive coordinator that likes to uh, rush from every single position on the field. He likes to send safeties, corners, linebackers. Uh, he tries to confuse the offensive line. He disguises coverages pretty consistently. Um, and the problem with that is when you're first deploying a defense like that, it takes a little bit of time for guys to understand their assignments. Um, linebackers, safeties, and corners, especially in this defense, they have to understand every position on the back end of the defense, the responsibility of those. And that is a big, big lift, especially when you've got young starters uh, out there. So I, I think it's a mix of all of the above. They, they certainly have issues on the defensive line. The only top-tier talent, uh, I, I think, on the defensive line is Grady Jarrett, who is sort of criminally underrated every year as a defensive tackle. A great interior pass rusher. Um, but past that, you know, that's, they've got talent issues, but they also have the issue of learning a brand-new defense. Uh, and the first two games showed that. I do think they'll get better. I don't think this is ever going to be, this season, like a top-15 defense. This is going to be a bottom bottom drawer defense, but we should see some progress uh, as, as the year moves on. All right, so let me ask you, um, you know, from, from the outside perspective, when you look at the New York Giants, you, Dan, you know, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, a defense that was really good a year ago that hasn't been all that great the first two games this year. When, when you look at the New York Giants, what do you see? Yeah, you know, on offense, uh, Daniel Jones is intriguing. Uh, he's got the athletic ability to be, uh, you know, one of those sort of future prototype quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, the his issue with fumbles over the start of his career has been a little bit crazy. Uh, but you see those games like last week where uh, when he gets the kind of protection and the time he needs, uh, he's got guys like Galladay and, and, and Shepard and um, Barkley will eventually get back up to speed after the knee injury from last year. So I see a lot of, you know, really good uh, young uh, pieces on the offense. And those are the pieces that concern me because there are some, you know, bad matchups for the Falcons, especially if our top corner, A.J. Terrell, is out this week. Uh, he suffered a concussion in the Bucks game. So that could be a, an opportunity for Jones to really see some favorable matchups. So, you know, I see an offense that has the potential, but as with, the Falcons, I think, you know, it comes down to consistency. You, you have to be able to do it week in and week out, not just in bursts, uh, or else you end up with a team that, you know, is going to hover around 500 or sub 500, and uh, you're going to be drafting in the top 15 again. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I did want to ask you, um, I want to back up to a Falcons question that I had forgotten to ask you. You have a new head coach, 39-year-old, first-time head coach, Arthur Smith. Pretty much, you know, the Giants are in a, in a similar situation with Joe Judge, 39 in his second year, first-time head coach. What are your thoughts on Smith so far? Uh, I would I would think that it's it's way too soon to answer the you know, can he be here five, six, seven, eight years? You know, can he be fully successful, you know, and, and get Atlanta back to, you know, back to, you know, consistent playoff contention. Uh, but just thoughts on, on, on what, on what he's brought to the table so far. I, I like the way he approaches things. Um, obviously the initial results are not great. Um, and as with any NFL team, we've already had fans saying he should be fired at the end of the season, which, to be clear, is just preposterous. Um, of course, how long did it take after he was after he was hired for somebody to to take to go to Twitter and, and build the fire Arthur Smith handle? Oh, we, <laughs> we we saw it in the middle of the Eagles game, so it didn't take long. Um, you know, fans can be reactionary. I think we we oh, no. both experienced that, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I I like what I see. I I liked what I saw from him as an offensive coordinator in Tennessee. I think it's going to take some time to get to that because, you know, I, I keep going back to it. The offensive line is going to be the issue, and until that stabilizes, it's going to be hard to do much of anything. Um, but I like his approach. I like what he wants to do. Uh, and right now I'm just, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he does things in the right way. He's not a raw, raw coach. He's very, you know, straight, even keeled. Um, but yeah, you know, ultimately these guys are judged by wins and losses and for an own two team, he's not going to get a lot of grace going forward. So, uh, you know, if, if they start off 0 three, Oh, and four, uh, those, the, the, the panic will settle in for many Falcons fans and, uh, They've got to prove it on the field. And as much as I like what he does, uh, ultimately he still has to put some W's on the board. All right. So let's look at it this way. Both teams are 0-2. Falcons coming into MetLife Stadium. Depending on what line you look at, it's, you know, Giants by two and a half, Giants by three and a half. And 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 that means whatever it means, which to me means pretty much nothing. Yeah. Um, but Falcons come into MetLife and get a win if what happens and the Falcons walk away from MetLife with a with a third straight loss if if what happens. I think it's going to come down to the Giants uh, defensive line. Uh, if the Giants can get to Matt Ryan, uh, as we saw in the first two games, uh, that is going to be uh, the end of the night for the Falcons. Um we saw some improvement from the Falcons' offensive line. They still weren't good, but when you're terrible, it's like going from terrible to less terrible. Um, so, yeah, if if the Giants' defensive front can consistently generate pressure, I think the Falcons are going to 0-3. Uh, if uh, they can neutralize someone like Williams and keep him from being disruptive, 
uh, I think this Falcons offense will have their first big performance of the year. All right, last question for you. I don't know if you're aware of, of this, but on Sunday, the Giants are retiring the jersey of Eli Manning and and inducting him into the franchise's ring of honor. Um, obviously, you know, Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, you know, had some battles over the years. Just um, your thoughts on on the career of Eli Manning and I suppose I'll put it out there. Is he, is he a Hall of Famer in your mind? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I really liked Eli. Um, you know, I, I know his career started off rough in New York, but I, I feel like he, once he started going, he was a, uh, he was a really good, uh, reliable quarterback. And you know what? Uh, ultimately, the thing that can get you in is either to rack up incredible stats or to get it done in the postseason. And you look at you know, a quarterback like Troy Aikman with the Cowboys. Uh, his, his regular season stats are okay. You know, he's not a record holder uh, in most of those stats. But he got it done in the postseason, and that put him into the hall. So in my mind, you know, Eli with two rings, with you know, two uh, really good Super Bowl performances, I think that's what puts him in, is the fact that he delivered when it mattered the most. And uh, I, I I hope that one day I get to say the same thing about Matt Ryan, but uh, alas, I think right now he's on the other train, which is to amass uh, statistics during the regular season. All right. Hey, David, before we close up shop here, why don't you uh, just let folks know where they can find your work, where they can, uh, what they can find on, uh, on the Falcoholic this week as we, uh, as we look forward to, to Giants Falcons. Yeah, you can uh, find our articles at thefalcoholic.com. Uh, I'm the host of the Falcoholic Podcast, which is on iTunes, Google, Spotify, etc. Uh, and yeah, we'll be covering this Giants game and trying to figure out if this is a Falcons team that's going to right the ship or uh, begin the cries to fire a first-year head coach. All right, Giants fans, please remember to subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check us out on Instagram at Big underscore Blue underscore View. Twitter at Big Blue View. Join the community at BigBlueView.com to comment with, uh, with other Giants fans. David, thank you very, very much. Giants fans, as always, thank you for listening. Stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.